I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Blair. Hello. Hello, how are you, man? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Not too bad. Um, if you are new to the Wrestle Ramble podcast and you're thinking like, oh, I'm expecting these guys to talk about some wrestling, we're unfortunately going to talk about movies first. Mm. Because you and I last night went to a press screen. Well, the Ooh, multimedia screen. Multimedia screen. I don't know what that means. It's um, There's loads of laptops in the audience. Yeah, so multimedia screenings, like press screenings are just like, that. Is, it's just the press it's that are the there. Press, yeah. Whereas like with multimedia screens, they tend to give it to like influencers as well. Well, uh, and like and like you know, members of the general unwashed to get to go to these oh, uh, sort plebs. of scre- yeah sort of screenings. Gross. Uh, so we were in the. Uh, the oh, I should have had two showers this morning. <laughs> we were in Leicester Ugh. Square uh, at the Cineworld uh, IMAX screen oh, for. Yeah. Glass, which Michael Cole will have told you is out this Friday in theatres. I think it's out Friday here in the UK as well. I'm not sure. Um, the review is out Thursdays, isn't it? The, the yeah, release so, cycle in the UK. Yeah. So reviews for it have not been great. It's currently at like 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. It might have creeped up to 40%. Uh, I would say that that 37%, if this was a percentage-based game, is fair as yes. to what this film is. Yes, it is a film, uh, I think, characterised by the fact that, I think, well, the only the only saving grace in this film, I believe, is James McAvoy. Oh, God, yeah. Who is giving it his absolute all as uh, Wendell Crumb. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Kevin. Kevin, 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 Kevin Wendell, Wendell Crumb. Kevin Wendell Crumb, uh, the multiple personality serial killer from Split. Um, he is so committed to that role. Yeah. Uh, and it, it stands in stark contrast to one Mr. Bruce Willis, oh, who, who could not be trying any less. I have seen some sleepy performances from Bruce Willis in mm. my time. This was the sleepiest of sleepy Bruce Willis performances. He's not even phoning it in anymore. No, he's, he's, getting, he's getting his secretary to phone it in. Oh, That's it, how bad he is. Like. It was... It's so bad mm. how little he cares. Like, I'm pretty sure he stopped acting in movies about 10 years ago, but it just makes me think, why are you bothering then? Well, I don't like, know if, what... you're, if you're not going to try, why do you keep making films? Money. Well, money! It's, it's not like he's not got a lot of money on yeah. his hands. Well, what I don't understand about it as well is, like, what do, like, if you're a director, what direction are you giving him where you're going, yeah, that's fine? Like, you know, it's fine. <laughs> 
Because I get the fact that he does play, generally speaking, people cast Bruce Willis as mildly dour characters. You know, John McClane is quite a dour character. He's quite, like, put-upon, grumpy, but he's quite funny with it. Yeah. Back when Bruce Willis gave a crap. Yeah, like, he <laughs> Now, he, they only get the bit where he just feels really put-upon about everything. That he's had to show up for work. Yeah, he's, he's like, like oh, oh, so, when, when do I get so to go home? I've got to famous today. Kevin, so <laughs> annoying. Kevin Smith tells a story, though, when he was working with Willis on Live Free or Die Hard, which mm. I think was the fourth one. It was the, it was the one with Kevin Smith as a cameo in. Mm. And Bruce Willis, like... This is the one where he jumps the plane and like, he jumps the car into the helicopter or yes yeah, so, oh, like, no into the jet in, is it a jet yeah it's okay. a jet they go off the central reservation on the freeway and poof, into the oh, into a jet it, was, it felt like a generic that's when he went from like Matt, like police officer in tower to he's a superhero yeah and um smith tells the story that like len wiseman the director was like really beaten up mm. by the film and just looked tired and really dejected and Smith tells a story that he quickly learned that this film, this schedule is not operating on whatever timetable the director has made. Mm. It's operating on Bruce Willis time because <laughs> Bruce Willis will just show up when he's ready mm. and you just then have to accommodate for whatever Bruce wants when he shows up. What and a pillock. Uh, the, the story is that like this was meant to be like a one day shoot thing. Uh, end up being like a couple of days mm. because Bruce Willis showed up, looked at the pages that they were shooting, and said like, "I don't like any of these. Rewrite it." Oh my and god! And actually got Kevin Smith to rewrite it. So that scene in there was rewritten by Kevin Smith on the day that they were meant to be shooting it. Wow! And Wiseman had to call Fox. Well, Fox called to be like, "Why are you behind schedule?" And he said like, "Well, you know, like, speak to Bruce Willis." And so Kevin Smith heard the... He didn't hear the Fox side of the conversation, but he heard Bruce Willis' side of the conversation, which essentially boiled down to, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Well, let me ask you one question. Who was your second choice to play John McClane? <laughs> <laughs> and then after a pause, it was like, yeah, that's what I thought. Hung up with the phone and was like, yeah, we're going with my version. Wow. <laughs> and that's probably what was happening here. It was like, who was your second choice to play David Dunn? Yeah. You haven't got one. Just kill him off. I don't, you know, I don't know. And I think that, so that, that was obviously a problem in this film that uh, Bruce Willis <laughs> was a very distant character. Oh, wasn't he just? Um, and it's, think, but it's not like David Dunn was like a massively charismatic character anyway. No, but absolutely he feels, not. he feels even more distant from that. Yeah, and, I, and then I feel like it, then it was, and the rest of the film is like this weird bottle episode of them in this psychiatric ward where apparently there were other patients, but we didn't find that out until the end because... Mm. Oh, extras are expensive, aren't they? But I don't know. It, this whole thing felt like it was trying to be this highfalutin treatise on uh, believing in yourself and the nature of sort of being a hero or having powers or, you know, like being even just like being geeky and having people like sort of rib on you for being geeky. And it just wasn't. I don't think it pulled off anything it was trying to do. Like yeah. the, the, this, there was this big like genius end game that glass has set up and i won't spoil it in case you do actually happen to want to watch this film that we've just described as 37 percent on <laughs> um but if you do yeah there's this huge end game where it's like aha aren't i so clever like mr glass saying um, like, like unbreakable like yeah like mr glass is saying through proxy of uh m night Shyamalan. but like you know it's, it's m night Shyamalan speaking through mr glass am i not so clever that i've done this thing and it was like no, like, yeah. I don't. None of none of what you've done feels like it's magic. Because I also feel like this whole endpoint to be like, 
So sort of the end game is that they want to get out the idea that superheroes exist to people. Yeah. However, earlier in the film, there are shots of uh, the overseer. Which is Bruce Willis's. Which is Bruce Willis's nickname that the press have given him while he wears the green mat, goes around saving people. There are shots of him, people have taken on CCTV cameras, on their phones, whatever, doing superhero stuff. Yeah. The end game of this is like, they're trying to get to somewhere so that the world will see them do things. Anywhere you go, people, people would see you it, do yeah. it because you cannot go anywhere or do anything stupid without someone filming it now on their phone. It just feels like this whole end game was just like, why does it have to be this very specific way to do it? Yeah, it, it's funny as well because everything that M. Night Shyamalan is trying to say about the superhero genre, he said in Unbreakable 19 years ago mm. or whatever it was. You know, like, so he's already said this. Mm. He's, he's added nothing new to what he said in Unbreakable. And it, that's remarkable, considering that this one is now like a cross-universe movie mm. where that's the big rage at the moment, right? Like this sort of yeah, like shared yeah. universe thing. You'd think that he'd want to make a commentary on that, but he doesn't. No. He makes zero commentary on that. Yeah. It's a really... It, so not only is it a quite a boring movie, because it's two hours and ten minutes long, yeah. and... I was just praying for scenes in which James McAvoy was in. I was oh, just yeah. Every time any any other scene was in it, all the because uh, all, all the other characters were exposition people. They yeah. were just like there to just, I'm here to say what's happening. It's like, he, I he know is, what's happening. He is a five-star performance in a two-star movie. Yeah, he's And that two stars might be slightly different. I want to see Split 2. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am sad that Kevin Wendell Crumb had to be in this film. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you've ruined that now. And it's so... The film is it, it's two hours and ten minutes long, and all these sort of stuff that the trailer builds up, mm. you got to build to that point. But the problem is, like, to build to that point takes an hour and forty-five minutes, mm. and it is an hour and forty-five minutes of not very interesting conversation. You could have used that hour and forty-five minutes to do so much more character diving, so much more like ex like drilling down who these characters are why they are the way that they are the superhero genre mm. multi-universe cinematic experiences but it doesn't yeah. it's just an hour of 45 minutes of chat banal chat mm. that then leads into this sort of final sequence which by the way is some of the worst action I've ever seen <laughs> in terms of the way that it's shot and directed oh my god this whole film is shot in extreme close up yes but there's also and but also it's a superhero film in which the superheroes when they confront each other like you know how exciting was it the first time in Avengers where Thor and Iron Man have that fight. fight yeah uh and and captain america is there as well does he, he yeah drops in he's like, the one who's like he stops the fight and yeah with to break the, it up. oh yeah so like that whole scene is the first time you see all these guys meet each other and, and in classic superhero fashion they end up fighting even though they're all on the same side brilliant here these guys are genuinely enemies and when they face off against each other the most they can muster is pushing each other into the nearest wall pushing away, turning around, and then pushing them back into the wall. That's all that happens in this film. It's like a Kane Big Show match. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah just it like, is. We'll, we'll go into the corner and do some strength, and then we'll just go to another corner yeah. and we'll just push oh, each other so a bit. Strong. And that's sort of it. You're completely right. It's so boring, yeah. the action sequences. 
But I, like, worse, it's all shot in extreme close-up, which is made even worse when it's on IMAX. So yeah. All three of us walked out that film with a headache. Because yeah. it's so... Oh. It's, everything's so close-up. But it's also shot, a lot of times, on chest rigs. So mm. this is a reference... It's like the that, Sir Digby Chicken Caesar. Well, I was about to say, this yeah. is a reference that really only for British listeners, but it is Sir Digby Chicken Caesar. Yeah. Like, it's that, but for a fight scene in a comic book movie. <laughs> If, you, if you're not one of our British listeners, go to YouTube and search for Sir Digby Chicken Caesar. A, it's hilarious. Oh, I love Sir Digby. But B, it will tell you exactly what to expect from these fight sequences. Because it's all then, it's close-ups. Mm. It's extreme close-ups shot from chest height. Yeah. It just looks pants. And then they had this, like, whole conspiracy angle thing. And that was... Yeah. Like, I didn't understand. <laughs> I was like, I'm totally underwhelmed by whatever this is. Like this big reveal at the end. There was a whole story. There's a whole storyline that when they're in the psychiatric hospital, the, the, the woman who is evaluating Poor old Sarah Paulson. Yes. Poor, once again, wasted on the big screen. Oh, yeah, Bloody love Sarah Paulson. She's really good. She's so good. But like, she's evaluating them and trying to convince them that they're not superheroes because otherwise they'll have to spend the rest of their lives in institutions. And like. They so quickly just go, yeah, maybe I'm not. Yeah, like, it's, it's, like, it's one chance. It's like literally Bruce Willis's bent steel punched down, like punched holes in walls all, without break. They fell out of a window at the beginning of the film that was five stories up and they were both fine. Yeah. And he's like, no, oh, maybe I'm not a superhero. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm just, I'm a, I'm a normal guy. Yeah, maybe I'm just not a superhero. It's like, you are! <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> We've proven this yeah. time and time again. So it's um, it's not a great movie. Um, pretty, I would give it a, a big shrug of the shoulders, a big like <laughs> Alan Partridge style shrug. I'd give it a long sigh. I think <laughs> that's my review. Do never see it on IMAX because it's all it. It will give you a headache. Like there are so many shots in this movie of people typing on. Mm. Uh, computer screens but you're not seeing the people typing you're what you're watching the screen with the words appear up so it's this bright white mm. computer screen in extreme close-up on IMAX it's like I've got really good vision but I was like oh good great and like it strains your eyes I don't I don't I just I don't get it. like it's worth watching purely if you I feel like you you're better off watching split but if you really liked split and you love James McAvoy Watch it for him. Yes, yeah. there is. He he should not be giving it as much as he's giving it. Actually, like <laughs> he should have turned up on the first day, done his bit, yeah. seen Bruce Willis half assing it, and gone. Ah, yeah. oh, it is down. that what we're doing? Yeah. Then? Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to choose whichever one of the the personalities is the blandest, and I'll be him <laughs> from now on. Yeah, real shame for... Who else for, are you going to get to play Kevin Wendell Crumb? Yeah, poor old Mac Attack. So, anyway, that's our review of Glass. I <laughs> um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're actually going to talk about some wrestling now. It's NXT time. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Street Profits, how awesome they are, and why they should be in a much better feud. Here's the show. This was a, a fine show, I guess. It was pretty good. I thought there was, good. there was a couple of quite good matches in yeah. this. Uh, some... Interesting promo work going on, but I really love Bianca Belair. Yeah, work. that was very good. I liked some of what Shayna Baszler said. I think I think it was a pretty good show overall. Yeah. 
but some weird choices though yes uh, but we are here to start off this show talking about the opening contest which was between street profits and chris and jc metro uh but that really was just a, a pair of greasers mate <laughs> just a pair of greasers i uh just a couple of t-birds i to be honest i got to spend most of this time like my opening notes for this is like is this the greasers from smackdown in 2006 <laughs> what were their names they were from the other side of the tracks or something their manager was on roller skate one of them was snooker's kid deuce and domino that was it <laughs> so i missed i missed like the start of the match mm. because i was so busy googling who, <laughs> who they were who they were could not remember who what oh. they were called but either way so but th- this match was more of a backdrop really mm. for the post-match angle in which the street profits following their promo last week where they were putting the ta- uh, the nxt tag team division on notice in that very very weird little backstage skit that they That's did brilliant. which was wonderful excellent the Forgotten Sons mm. came out of nowhere and attacked them and left them laying. Quite a brutal beatdown by Cutler, Jackson Ryder, and the other one. Um, Blake? M- not, Buddy, not Buddy Murphy. No, Blake. Blake, yeah. Uh, Cut- Who I remember before we share a surname. <laughs> That's why I should have remembered yes, it, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I nearly called him the Buddy Murphy. The reason I can't be a WWE wrestler with my real name. No, oh, Can't man. be another Blake. Can't have a deal with them. Otherwise, they'd just make you brothers. <sighs> yeah, and, oh my God, I don't want to be his brother. You, or you could be part of the Forgotten Sons and have the crowd chant, Stay Forgotten. Yeah. We forgot you. We forgot you. Yeah, and then they kept being like, for the whole bit as well, like, You all forget us now! <laughs> It's like, we forgot you already. Like I, Every time I blink, I forget you're there. Yeah, we were making fun of the Forgotten Sons <laughs> in our NXT in review because they were up for like the uh, top prospects or whatever mm. it was. We haven't actually had the results of the NXT awards yet because um, it's, it's so hard for them to count. Yes. Because it's yeah. a ridiculous system using Twitter. But anyway, so they came down. They did a pretty wicked beatdown on the Street Profits, mm. in all fairness to them. But the crowd really won. I, I would say that they did get some heat, mm. but it mm-hmm. never felt like it was, you, we don't like you because you're beating up the Street Profits. It's more like, we just don't like you. Yeah, just, you're a bit naff, aren't you? So, yeah, I and, don't I, know. and I think that coupled with the we forgot you chance and stay forgotten, it feels like drifter heat. It's the Elias heat that he mm. was getting in NXT, which was never like boo, you're a heel. It's more like God, you're, ju- you're just rubbish. Yeah, it's it's a it's a you again heat. It's <laughs> a, you again. Oh, oh God. You again. Oh, d- My Lord, I please. could really do without yeah. you yeah. right now. And it's, and it kind of like it's a shame for the Street Profits. Mm, absolutely. Because as, and as the title of this video suggests, Street Profits have been in NXT now for, I think this is probably getting into their second year. Maybe yes, uh, maybe yeah. this is their third year, actually. Dawkins so, like, has been around a long time. Yeah, Dawkins has been around yeah. forever, really. And like, and But them and Ford as a tag team, I suppose we're probably getting into their third year now or around mm. about that point for them as a tag team. And they've just done nothing. No, they've they've had a few sort of flirtations with the idea of ever getting a, a title shot. Never really done it. Had a feud over a cup, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then mostly do sort of squash matches or showcase matches. And they're definitely worth more than that. I just, Absolutely. I think this match showed you, like, even though it was, you know, beating up uh, the two Kanikis was just like a sort of uh, <laughs> an obvious beatdown. However. They put on quite a good display. They were a bit, you know, they were saying in their promo last week they were going to be more aggressive. They were going to go after things. And they came out acting more aggressive, but still got laughs and just showed off the bit where they were pushing each other and yeah. they push, pushed Ford over. And he's <laughs> like, 
Yeah, so they were doing like the pushing, <laughs> pushing. If you haven't seen it, they were pushing each other in the chest to psych each other up. Dawkins got too psyched up and pushed Ford down, and he took this big bump, and then had this terrified look on his face, like, "Uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> but then he gets up on the apron, and Dawkins slaps down one of the uh, the greasers. Yeah, <laughs> and on the apron, Ford just goes. <laughs> <laughs> this like, amazing ripperoo like yeah, last so good they're brilliant they're really good then there was you know there was yeah don't sleep on me boy they were, yeah. they're, they're so charismatic they're so good like Dawkins slightly less charismatic than Montez Ford and everyone that's a complaint people make however I think it, yeah but I mean Montez Ford is like living charisma well, that's isn't what he? I mean. it's just like, like it's impossible to be as charismatic as him that, he's so charismatic that's kind of my point is that Montez Ford literally is like the living living embodiment of charisma mm. and Dawkins his one thing is he puts his arm out and then swells the other one around like yeah. sort of a big old mixing bowl I just think any I think he's probably very charismatic he just doesn't look it yeah. in comparison to the person he stood next to. I think, because I've never been a Dawkins fan. Mm. Like, I, th- I thought the Curse of Greatness gimmick never really got over. This whole mm. pot thing never really got over. But... Oh, that got over. People were doing that. But I think, that's, the entrance, because, people were like, I think that's because of Ford, yeah, though. That's maybe, what I was yeah. going to say. Is I think Ford is bringing the best out of Dawkins. Mm. And I think Dawkins now feels more over because he's aligned with Montez Ford. Because Ford is... He's so good. Mm. He's so charismatic. It's it's ludicrous how impressive he is. He's, yeah, he's incredibly athletic as well. I just think this. Yeah, and I just it's a shame that we've had this pointless feud with the Mighty, who were never a threat. Like the like, you know, bless them. The Mighty have been languishing in NXT for a very long time and now aren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, they they never really had any sort of even when they heel turned, they didn't really have any heat behind them. Nobody really cared. Nobody thought they were actually ever going to be like one of the top tag teams so having them feud especially in a, in a in a brand where feuds normally are for titles most people aren't just having feuds there's one other feud ever in NXT usually and it's currently the the feud that is the other feud is Riddle and Ono yeah and that is the only other story really existing outside of title matches yes very, at least or for like, like a things, takeover card yeah exactly but i think mostly like in general everything else seems to be sort of like you know TV filler. But yes. I don't think that's the worst thing. Like, you and I have said that what NXT needs more of are these sorts of feuds mm. that you can fill up TV time with and build to, like, a big TV payoff match. Yes. And I think you can You can certainly argue that that's the case here for Street Profits and... Uh, I've forgotten their name. It's the Forgotten Sons. <laughs> <laughs> the irony. Uh, but my issue with it more, and, this, and it's the same thing with The Mighty, mm. is that this is not the Street Profits feuding with a top team in NXT. This is them constantly feuding with teams that are below them. And that's not elevating Street Profits, nor is it elevating the people they're facing. It's bringing them down. Like, they're not feuding with Birch and Lorkin, you know, after their um, yes, their yeah. NXT title picture last year. They're not feuding with War Raiders, or they're not feuding with any of these other tag teams. Mm. They're feuding with teams that are below them, and it's not advancing them at all in the division. And it doesn't make, and it doesn't make the other guys look good either. No. It's not going to make the Forgotten Sons any more cared about, is it? Like, <laughs> or even get, like, they're not even getting the kind of heat. I feel that they're after with this. It's like, the Forgotten Sons beat down the Street Profits. Everybody loves the Street Profits with the Sippy Cup and all that stuff. So you must be cross at the Forgotten Sons. Everyone's just going, oh, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, that, that really is. It's the, the, the Forgotten Sons don't have 
real heat at the moment. They've got go away heat. Yeah, <laughs> more or less. Please leave. If this was a channel that you could change over, they would have changed the channel mm. heat. But I, I, we haven't really come up with a term. Turn the network off heat. Yeah, pause it, never come back. Yeah, or skip s- ahead. Skip ahead. Use heat, that. Use, use that. Skip ten seconds button. Oh. That, that they've got on those. Like, can I, I mean, it's a terrible app. To keep navigate, skip isn't it? Ten, ten seconds on the website version. <laughs> can keep skipping come this on, until they're come off. On, come on. Uh, but I, I, I think there's so much that could be done with the Street Profits in 2019. Mm. I've, I've got really high hopes for them. I think that once that the Undisputed Era finish up with their War Raiders feud, which I kind of expect Undisputed Era to come out on top of. Yes. I think. Like, I, I, I haven't really so. made a decision. We're not going to. Because Royal Rumble's next weekend, as it, which therefore <laughs> means that TakeOver Phoenix is next weekend as well. So we're going to be recording our predictions for that show, yeah. And I haven't really made up my mind about a lot of the NXT mm. card, nor have I actually for the Rumble, really. Um, of like who's going to come out on top pick a name out of 30 so I really do need that to, one I need to sit down and think about this because at mm. the moment we're currently all tied in, in the Wrestle, Wrestle League. League and it comes down to these final two shows my god which I just want to add again I would be winning if announcers tables counted mm. that's all I'm saying nonsense hashtag announcers tables count um, it's a desk <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a desk and not a table. I did have a more succinct hashtag last yeah, time, but yeah. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> those rhombuses are desks. <laughs> Our tables. Our tables. Um, something like that. But uh, what was the point I was going to make? Yeah, so so once the Undisputed Era and War Raiders have kind of finished up their feud, mm. I, I would like to see Street Profits kind of be more, moved more into that sort of top echelon of the tag team division. Yes, yeah. I mean, I'd imagine that like War Raiders <clears> and... <throat> Undisputed Era might continue on their feud, maybe even into the mania, mania season. So, like yeah. when they do Brooklyn Five, maybe they'll they'll keep doing something there. But come the takeover in the summer, which would have been Brooklyn, but is now wherever it is that SummerSlam is being held. I'm going to say Los Angeles, but I don't know that for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in fact, I might Googling Google. I might Google things air. live on air, and not bring Googling up Ring of Honor, air. which I was just watching. Uh, can you feel for time while I'm googling? Yeah, certainly like, can. Air. I think that yeah, I think the thing with the like War Raiders Undisputed Era, I feel like Undisputed Era have more to do in NXT to at least even pay off the name. Like it really felt like it's Canada. I was oh, way off. Can- Ooh, you are, <laughs> I was yeah, you way off. One, cu- one country away. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> That was way off. <laughs> say Los Angeles, <laughs> Mexico. You know, yeah. It's taking place in the Arctic Circle this year. <laughs> yeah, Canada in Toronto, mm. specifically. So, so yeah, anyway, you've had yeah, point. no, I think I think undisputed era to pay off on the name have more to do with NXT. I, I do. I still long for the day when they hold all the all the belts, mm-hmm. like, and that feels like kind of what they're setting up. There's a few rumors floating around that that might be what's kind of going on. Seems to be the direction they're taking. Like all their promos are currently about the fact that they're going to be dripping and in gold this year. So like, maybe, maybe. And I think that, and I think that is quite a smart choice because then War Raiders can go on up to the main roster because I, I just don't feel like they don't need the titles to legitimize them. I also I think, think they need to run an NXT. They're, they're, you know, they're incredibly impressive those two guys, and I just think you can stick them on the main roster and people will all, like understand who they are, what they are, very easily. So people like Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong need a bit more of this sort of run to build a fan base going into it because when they turn up on the main roster, they are just 
slightly smaller guys so they're not getting over with they're, four lads. they're not getting over with the management and they're not you know and then the yeah. crowd have to be like okay well I have to get used to this technical style and all this stuff whereas the War Raiders come out they've got all the sort of showy flashy moves but they also just do stuff where they just chuck people around yeah and, I, I don't <laughs> and that looks I think that's impressive and Vince goes oh yes big men I understand that I'd also argue as well that with War Raiders like Undisputed Era feel like they still have stories to tell in NXT mm. but once War Raiders finish up in a tag title program it feels like they have no other stories left yes, to yeah. tell there whereas Undisputed Era I can see because you've got all these sort of branching things you've got Cole going after the NXT championship you've got them going after the North American championship mm. as you say dripping in gold they still have storylines that they can do in NXT yeah. War Raiders on the other hand is like well once you if they don't win the tag titles like well what's next for you yeah I think they're probably so they might I the potential is, I think, that they might win the titles here, like mm. next week, and then they'll lose them again at Mania Could to be, yeah. the Undisputed Era again, and then they'll go up. Yeah, I just I cannot see a situation in which the Undisputed Era go up this year. No, I think I, they've I got, I think they've got another year. another year in them. Like, so a lot of stuff Triple H has been saying recently as well is that he wants you know he sees some people as having careers that just exist in NXT and they never go to the main roster. I'm hoping that's not the case, but you know, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano are, are the examples of that. People who have had plenty of time to go up could have gone up easily have the fan base to do it and they're still in NXT yeah. telling their story that seems to be planned out for quite a long time and I think Undisputed Era another one on that list of people who've got a longer term story to tell that means that the Street Profits though should Undisputed Era retain the titles it's a tailor made feud because the Profits are over as a face group and the Undisputed Era over as a heel faction it, yeah it, you know, it's the very basic, it's the fundamentals of wrestling being told. And Undisputed Era beating down Street Profits would probably garner better heat than We Forgot You and Stay oh, yes, Forgotten. Yes, yeah. Poor old Forgotten Sons. Like, mm, I kind of feel, feel bad for, for them. I feel bad for them because essentially you've been, they've been saddled with uh, You're Not Sanity or Sanity's Been Called Up gimmick. Yes, and and yeah. so we, we're just going to put you in jackets instead and you're basically our new Sanity. Now. I just, but I just, I don't think anyone. Like it's such a difficult gimmick to get over as well. The idea that just like you're annoyed that you keep getting overlooked, uh, and then every time you come out, you mention that you're overlooked and that you won't be forgotten, but you're not doing anything impressive. Yeah. Like you're you're just, you know, if they'd have come back and they'd immediately walked into the top picture, like the the title picture on NXT, people would go, oh, I'm taking notice. The Forgotten Sons annoyed at being forgotten, come out and do this thing. If they're just coming out and having squash matches with rubbish people, mm. it's never going to feel like it's this big thing, like they've actually made this, they've clubbed together, they've become this gang, it's actually important. It's Sons of Anarchy wouldn't have worked as a biker gang if all they were doing was like, stealing tricycles from like children's stores like yeah it's because they're doing huge drug busts or whatever like you have it has to be big for this to get over i just i, I don't know and despite the fact that we've talked about them quite a not quite a bit but on this show but we've had them feature on this show since mm. you and i've been doing weekly nxt reviews i still am so unsure when i'm writing my notes whether it's son like i am a son to my mother and father or the big bright ball oh, in the sky right, yeah no, every time sun, i write down i'm like son but is it with an O or a U? Yeah. I'm still unsure. I can never remember the... Is it is Steve Cutler, is it? Yeah. Wesley Blake, mm -hmm. Steve Cutler. And Jackson, Jackson Riker. Like, Riker is... Uh, <laughs> Riker's great. He's like, cool, man. But he he just, is cool. But the problem is, he actually seems like... He seems less interesting because <laughs> of the other two guys. Because they're always <laughs> like... He's like this scary like psychopath that they come out to the ring with but the other two guys are just yammering the whole time and it's like I, d yeah. I feel like they're like he's like Scar but with 
being quiet and they're the hyenas. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> Both of them are Whoopi <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So after that Street Profits and Chris and JC Metro, which I don't think we mentioned, we didn't really talk about a lot of JC, Deuce and Domino, essentially. Um, what a terrible name. Yeah, well, I believe they're, uh, they're the Metro Brothers. The I Metro guess. Brothers. Yeah, Chris and JC Metro, the Subway guys. Um, yeah, they came down. They got leather jackets yeah. and and aviators and TFL stuff like that. Lads. Um, and uh, the 
Street Profits won with a fantastic frog splash from Montez Ford. So high. So, so high. It was higher than Rob Van Dam. Uh, and then the Forgotten Sons attacked after the match. And then we cut backstage to the angel Kathy Kelly interviewing Matt Riddle, uh, who's currently embroiled in this feud with Cassius Ono. Mm-hmm. And Riddle said that he's not medically cleared to wrestle at the moment, which is why he won't be at ringside for the match between Ono and Lee, which is going to be main eventing this show. Lee, who has just stood in the background, just doing yeah. some warm-ups. Just slight warm-ups. I thought that was really weird. I, I want to stretch myself to it. It's another one of WWE's weird like framings that they do. Like the same as the watching the TV. If I was watching this TV, yeah, on WWE television, I'd be doing that. I said something along, but like, yeah, that and then this is that that exact other thing. It's like Keith Lee is doing something in the background, but sort of not really referencing the fact that he's being spoken about, and they're speaking about him, yeah, as if he's not there. I just <laughs> and it's so weird to mm. have a backstage segment with mm. Keith Lee where he doesn't cut a promo, mm. considering how good of a promo he is. To yeah. not even have him say something is utterly bizarre. I mean, he, he's he's a, he's a great face actor though as well. So he, really he does is. sell it with the whole. He is the best. Um, I did see someone post up on Twitter the image of uh, Lacey Evans on SmackDown watching the TV from that sort of awkward angle. Mm. And they just said, like, I bet you this is how she watches TV yeah. at She home. watches TV side saddle, so it's just <laughs> like a lady. Uh, I've also been told as well, someone, I said it was an old-fashioned that she was drinking, but someone said it was not an old-fashioned. I can't mm. remember what they said it it's was, probably but a, it looked like an old-fashioned, which, yeah. given her gimmick, would sort of make sense. Yeah, it was an, an orange, I don't know, it was yeah. an orange drink. It, it was Sunny Delight. <laughs> It wasn't a Tom Collins, I know that Mm. much. I've just misread my notes here. Not a daiquiri. (laughs) Just misread my notes. I've written down that Alien Warlord are one of the NXT themes. It's proper generic. But I looked at it and I was like, why have I written Adam Warlock? (laughs) (laughs) Adam Warlock. (laughs) There's no gauntlet going on here. But yeah, Alien Warlord are one of the NXT loud themes. Well generic. Uh, Alistair Black also cut a promo in the same room as Rob Van Dam. uh, And he said that he he will absolve Champa of his sins and win back his NXT championship. Mm. Proper well smoky in this room but i thought it was a cool promo for black cool presentation and i like this about nxt everyone has like their different area where they cut backstage promos mm-hmm. gives each one each person a different feel and i really really appreciate that yeah i, I like this promo i thought it was it was pretty good I, there was a lot of uh, him doing menacing face mm. uh, maybe a bit too much but I, overall it was pretty good maybe it just went on too long and it, you sort of run out of mystique, I think, when you're just going, and you will fade to black, and I will absolve you of your sins, and there will be candles, and we will blow them out, and then I will do the last rites, and then you will be married. Yes, yeah, it, it gets. Sometimes you go too far into the mysticism. Like Bray Wyatt is another one that suffers or suffered from that, depending on what his new pro, what his new gimmick is when he comes back. But yeah. uh, he always went so deep in on like the I am the eater of worlds yeah, and the worms yeah. will feast on your flesh and the worms will grow into chrysalises and then the chrysalises will be beautiful moth creatures that I will have <laughs> flying around me with the fireflies and and now I've run out of things that I'm going to so say like a Pokemon reference yeah. or something I was like it's chrysalis and then it's a butterfruit <laughs> Uh, then we got an awesome promo next, which is Bianca Belair coming out. One of my favorite things about Bianca Belair is watching all the white guys try to do her dance and looking even oh, um, whiter in the process. Yeah. It's re- it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> um, but Bianca Belair, like, I, she's an am- amazing in-ring performer. She's mm. like, instantly she is taken to this this sport and she's so, so good at it. And I don't think I've ever really given her enough credit as a promo either. I thought mm. she'd cut a really, really solid promo here. She gets her character. Not only does she get a character, she gets her character across with the way that she delivers her words and delivers the verbiage that she's been given. Mm. I'm a big 
big fan of Bianca Belair. It's her intonation that's so good. Like it was the, you know, she got the whole aunt da fited thing, but she does that with a lot of like, she just puts a little bit of twist on words that yeah. just makes you go, oh, I, like, a, you know, she seems quite sassy. Yes. Across, I don't know. She's really good. She's she really, is really, really good. Really, really great. And she's, because uh, she's got the NXT Women's Championship shot against Shayna Baszler at Phoenix. And she says that Shayna is just hiding behind her horsewomen. But at Phoenix, she will win the title because she's under feet. But as she was about to finish mm. the TED, Baszler, Duke, and Shafir come out. Shayna Baszler's awesome entrance music. I cannot get enough of it. It's so good. And uh, Baszler comes out and says that, uh, the, yeah, she doesn't see why the Belair is the. EST of NXT really you're just overrated and that led to this like dueling crowd chant yes, of really good. undefeated and overrated it was really really cool i think there's a massive amount of hate going into this was this a, yeah it was a really hot promo and it made it, it made this match seem like a much bigger deal like the cuz i think both of them came out and they started they started off a little bit like uh on wobbly ground and they both really got into their separate promos and got to this point where this big chant was going off it was great. Like, great it was stuff. Really, really good. There was a, there was a great line from Bianca Belair that I really liked. It was like, um, even though 2019 has just started, I've already got 2020 vision. <laughs> nice. Great. For the, so the NXT good. title. Yeah, it's a really good, like, good little lines, like great little things like that, saying overrated and getting the chant for that going. And then the, the, the good bit where Beza got cocky and she was like, Look, you worried about these two? She pushes them back mm-hmm. to the corner of the ring, and as she turns around, Belair just slaps, slaps her, her in the like, face. <laughs> amazing. And it's great as well because it's little things like that that get across the, the storyline of this match, which is that Belair has got to overcome Duke and Shafir on the outside, mm-hmm. the same way that Kyrie Sane had to overcome them as well. So you're having them in the ring, and Belair stands tall at the end of this segment, showing that she can, if going to the right corners and everything, can overcome the mm-hmm. fact that she's at a numbers disadvantage. Well, and the fact that she's not scared as well. I Absolutely, think is the, yeah. I think is the main sort of takeaway from this. Is like you know she she took a swipe at Baszler, got out of the ring smartly, and yep. then was she was the one stood on the ramp at the end, blowing out kisses, exactly. waving goodbye, swinging the hair in that, doing the dance. Um, we then got a great I, little I match between Adrian. Jowd? Adrian Jowd. Jowd. Knock uh, off Eddie Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, versus Dominic Dijakovic. Is it Kick or Ksh? Dijakovic? As Dijakovic. Stupid. Name. It's so. But it's such a dumb. It's like dumb to rename him to something that nobody can say. It's so dumb. And like, it's one thing that you and I get it wrong. <laughs> I say you. I say you and I. Usually, me gets this thing wrong. The commentators are getting mm. it wrong as well. Mauro Ranallo, who, after this NXT set of tapings, put out a tweet apologising because he didn't think he did a good enough job on commentary, which I haven't noticed. I think he's, mm. a, he's been, like, as he usually is. He was the one who was having to correct the other two divs saying his name wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, you work for the company. You should know. It's oh, just don't name him that. It just doesn't make any sense. Donovan Dijak. It's so simple to say. Yeah, but Dominic Dijak also works. It doesn't, you know, whatever way you're doing it, it still sounds... In the exact, it sounds like the thing you were trying to make it sound by putting Ovic at the end. Yeah, it's like Dijakovic. Anyway, so it was Dijakovic. They're obsessed with these, na- obsessed with these names, like yeah. Otis Dozovic. Either, I mean, he'll come up to the main roster and just be called Dominic anyway. Yeah, so I don't know why we're all getting Dom. Go- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dom's coming yeah, out here. It's Dom. Um, that's my cousin's kid's name's Dom. <laughs> Dominic. Uh, lovely double dig takedown by Jow. This was basically 
MMA in a wrestling ring. Mm. I mean, I'm not an MMA expert, so it might not even be an MMA thing. But I've written down they do MMA things. Well, I liked it. I thought it was a very, it was an interesting concept for the match. I think to go like, let's do some really technical stuff at the beginning. I don't know, like from my limited knowledge of capoeira, which is the martial art that uh, Jowl does, I believe, or that's why he's doing all the spinny kicks. Mm-hmm. My knowledge of that only comes from Tekken, so <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's flashier than what he was doing. He was doing a lot more sort of like takedowns. I think they were saying it was like jujitsu based. Yeah, stuff. I like, think so as well. I like this idea. I, you know, I, I quite like matches where you're chopping down the big guy if you're doing it smart. Like Kylo Riley is one person who is fantastic at limb manipulation stuff that you know mm. can take someone much bigger down and work them over in the right way. Jowd was doing the same thing in this match here, and it was it worked really, really well. I'm just not sure that Dijakovic needs that right at this second. I just feel like this match, while good, I don't feel like they've been pushing Jowd enough for it to be like, it shouldn't have been as back and forth as it was. It might as well just be, yeah, it should have just been a squash match for Dijakovic here. Or put him him in there against someone else. There are other people on the roster who have been built up to be pretty good names. Kona Reeves, not Kona Reeves. (laughs) Tesco's finest. Yeah, any, like... Anyone else put him in there, have this competitive match, have him come out on top, and he looks really good. Yeah, there are plenty of names in NXT that you could use. Like Keith Lee would have been a good one in this in this scenario if he's going to take losses anyway. Like put him in there against Dijakovic. Yeah, because they could have a really even match. The Dijakovic just happens to come out on top. No, no one looks any worse for it, really. Yeah, it it wasn't like yeah, it was it was a fine little match, I suppose. Uh, Dijakovic. Sort of like to go. The crowd was silent for this, though. Like he did a mm. throwing suplex. Jab made a bit of a comeback, and then Dijakovic laid him out with the clothesline, which he calls the bloodline, which could be a Slayer reference. Uh, and then he hits the reverse GTS for the win. Still think the reverse GTS is a wicked move. That is awesome. I also like his uh, time to fly. Uh, <laughs> his little throwing suplex. His thing. throwing suplex. Yeah, it's it's weird as well. Like you say, Capoeira. I mean, I got, I've got very limited knowledge of Capoeira. Like my <laughs> old housemate did it, but mm. like he did it after I'd moved out. So I just remember seeing him do it on Facebook and stuff. Um, but I think Capoeira is like it's a non-contact thing. Yeah, it's almost like it's basically dancing, right? But yes. with kicks and whatnot. It's basically wrestling, mm. but like with no contact. Mm. Yeah. Perfect for this. <laughs> exactly. Um, you scare them until they. Dijakovic. Look, if I wanted to hit you, I could. Look at it. Dijakovic will be part of uh, Worlds Collide, the mm. NXT versus NXT UK versus 205 Live competition that is so important it is yet to be mentioned on any show. Yes. Not even on this one, and they're a part of it. Dijakovic <laughs> is in this tournament. So mm. is Keith Lee and Umberto Carrillo, who was. Well, is he announced for it again? Oh, no, they haven't, but he was announced. He was announced. They, he was announced, and they took him out, and then he debuted on 205 Live on Tuesday. Yeah. But he's also on NXT. This week. This week. Yeah. So who's he Who's he with? I think, well, 205 Live is an actual yeah. live show. I feel like so like that, that's yeah. a more common, exactly. that's, that's a more what, current that's exactly, timeline. That's what yeah. I, think. I think, so next week he'll probably be on 205, and then that announcement will come out ahead of Access, which is on Saturday. Friday, Saturday, yeah. is it? Saturday, yeah, yeah Saturday. Saturday. Could I think it's like like on Sunday as well. I think it's like a two-day tournament. So it's like Saturday, it is a two-day Sunday. tournament. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. It will be on the network. I mean, it's probably going to be really good. <laughs> no problem. But you just don't care, do what you? Is like? It? like you and I were talking about this on the Patreon podcast mm. that we did. Like, it's a great concept. 
and you're taping it for the network, but you're not airing it on the network when it ta- like when it airs. Mm. You're airing it at some point in the future. Big air quotes for podcast listeners. Mm. So by that point, we'll all know who wins, and no one will watch it. Yeah, so why shame. bother taping it? Listen, like it's really good people in it. It's like yeah. really, really, and also it's for it's for the prize is great. Like the winner gets to take a title shot. For any of the three titles that Keith they want. Lee could go after the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, I know that's what I was like. Dozovic could as well. Like Dozovic, main rosters Dozovic yeah, in the NXT the, brackets. WWE Raw or SmackDown's Dozovic. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm going after whatever. I'm going for the women's tag team titles. Yeah. Um, we got a, um, a really cool video package next from the War Raiders, um, and they were like in the middle of a field. It was nighttime. Aww. They had like a sort of like funeral pyre thing with chairs with the Undisputed Era logo on there. Um, I've written it's like a Viking funeral, but that's not right, is it? Because that's when they go out to sea. But it, I, I think that's what it was meant to be alluding to. So a Viking funeral is that you, yeah, you light a longboat on fire, isn't yeah. it? And you push it you out, push to, it out to you sea. push it out to sea. And if I remember rightly, yeah. But I imagine a similar thing. I mean, in God of War, uh, the Viking Norse one. He just does a funeral pyre. So I think yeah. a pyre is a normal sort of Viking funeral rite. Is that the new one? Yes. Okay, not played that. Yeah. I mean, I haven't played it's any It's very yet. good. I haven't played any of the others either, so I don't know why I asked. Yeah. <laughs> is it the new one? Well, the old ones were the Greek gods, Luke. Come on. Okay, well, thank, thank you for clearing it's that di- up. Different pantheon. <laughs> catch, Come on, catch up. It's 2019 now. Does he have a whip? Uh, yes, he does. does. Oh, okay, yes, yeah. I'm more interested spoiler. now. Spoiler. <laughs> that is a that is quite a big spoiler. Um, but it was like they say that they respect, and I like these promos when people say like, "I respect you, Undisputed mm. I respect the things that you've done. You've taken bits out of us because it puts over the people that you're feuding with. You're mm. not going like, Do you know, you you're rubbish, you. <clears throat> yeah. Like because then if you lose to them, you also look rubbish. It's the so we're doing uh, Royal Rumble 2000 for the five dollar Patreon podcast, which will be out next week. Um, it should be like we're going to record it on Friday, um, and it's so could it be out on Friday? And like the promo for that uh, pay uh, per view with Triple H and Cactus Jack, mm. the opening half of that video package is Cactus Jack going like Triple H, you are the game, you are the WWF champion, you're so good, you're this, you're this, you're this, and Triple H going like Cactus Jack, you're the king of the death match, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're sick and sadistic, and I'm you know, and and it's putting over each other and then you flip it and be like I'm Cactus Jack I am sick and twisted I'm the king of the death match I am Triple H I'm the game putting both of yourselves mm. over and that it, it's one of the best video packages ever and so I really like this package because it was War Raiders going like you guys are really really good yeah. you're awesome and we respect that but come Phoenix, we're going to take the titles off of you. But that's what that's what I mean. It's like it works for certain characters to put everyone else down. It works for Becky Lynch's character to put everyone else down because she's pure ego. Yeah. But for most other people, like Ronda Rousey, uh, on Raw is saying to the likes of Sasha Banks, "I really respect you. I really want to blah 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 blah," and that's why it will be an honor to tap you out <laughs> with an armbar. But then, but then on Twitter, she's like throwing shades, being a, you know like taking people down trying to do that stuff and it's like actually Ronda Rousey's character should be quite respectful because she's a competitor like Mm. she should be trying to challenge the best people to prove that she is the baddest woman on the planet but be like no I really respect everything you've done you've done way more in this company than I have however I am the future 
and I'm going to take you down for those reasons. Yeah, totally. I lo- but I love it when people, like, when people just make it like it's a proper fight. Like, you know, you don't want to be like, you're rubbish. And it's like, well, then why are you having a match against them? Why do yeah. you even care? And it's funny as well <clears> that you say that I like it when it's treated like a proper fight because yeah. this was two people out in the middle of a field doing a Viking <laughs> Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, absolutely. But that's, no, that but was... I mean, in real life, <laughs> yeah. He had a Viking wedding, so I know. it doesn't, it doesn't really make, like, doesn't it does, yeah. make any sense. I mean, my note here is like, this was very goofy. It was yeah. very Triple H, yeah. but I loved it. But it was, I thought it was great. It's true to life. Yeah. Like, there Works was a, for their characters. So this is the thing. The one thing I, I think about this though, watching this promo, Hanson's too sweet. He's got a wonderful little voice, he's, hasn't he? He sounds so nice. He's like the friendliest man. Because you've got a rogue like, like, we respect you. Yeah. We, we respect you. you. And you've got Hanson going like, but we're going to beat you at the pay-per-view yeah. if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is undisputed. Undisputed. Und- undisputed. <laughs> undisputed. It's now our era, <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> Your era's going to end and we're going to take oh, over. Oh, he's Tar. so nice. He's lovely. I'd love... I'd love to go out for a beer with them. Mm. I think it'd be a proper lark. Yeah. I think it'd be really fun. Skull. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'd probably drink out of, like, you know, proper, like, tankards yeah, and things like that. Flagons. Mm. That's what you want to be drinking out of. Ales that are made out of, like, beer piss or sort of bear piss. <laughs> bear, or whatever. B- beer piss. Beer piss. <laughs> That's Foster's, isn't it? That's just... Yeah, but then you're just taking back in your own nutrients. <laughs> Uh, they showed a uh, highlight package for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, including the debut of Volta, who is the best. Mm. He's you mean Blackpool, not Brooklyn? Yes. I've written Brooklyn in my notes. I, I was like, Volta m- wasn't in Brooklyn. I did mean Blackpool. Mm. Yeah, that'll teach me. Um, yeah, I was just so excited to see the debut of Volta again. I did actually mm. watch um, Blackpool on uh, Sunday while I was tidying up around the house. Um, and really, like the tag match, the opening tag match was just like I was awesome. The rest of the show didn't really grab much of me; didn't really grab any of my attention. But I would oh, say, I like, loved, the, uh, the final versus Balor was wicked. I thought the final ten minutes of the uh, coffee uh, Pete Dunn match was really, really mm. great. And then the debut of Volta, like that, really was like a that sit up a moment cool and be like, moment. "Hello, yeah. I'm, I'm taking notice." Here. I just didn't. I, you know what? I'd forgotten. Well, the and Volta I, debuted. Oh, no, I'd forgotten that that was a possibility. But going into the show, oh, yeah, I was yeah. like. What were they like? You know, and then I heard about. It and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that he'd signed." Like, yeah, I was expecting him to be sat in the crowd, but this is a much better way to do oh, it. Oh, it's wicked! And like, yeah. I'm not kidding, but setting up Volta versus Pete Dunne. Like, Ollie didn't want to go to Blackpool. The reason why we didn't go to that show mm. is because Ollie didn't want to go because he just said it's not a main event I want to see. So we didn't go. But I think a main event of <laughs> Volta and Pete Dunn that is the sort of main event that may make Davis who does ultimately make all the decisions around here go mm. like yeah okay let's go to that show then. it's the perfect main event I mean, it's the like, perfect main event and also Volta is the person who should topple Pete Dunn yeah he should be freeing up Pete Dunn also to go to the main like to go to the main roster for a bit or yep. whatever they you know whatever their plan is because Pete Dunn's a future universal champion in mm-hmm. my mind like easily yeah uh, absolutely Volta should be the guy to take the belt mm. on Pete Dunne in his like 600 day reign uh, speaking of really really good stuff Johnny Gargano was in action next taking on our boy Umberto Carrillo uh, I thought we wouldn't see him on NXT again after his 205 live call up mm. I wasn't sure if they taped anything for him in NXT no. thankfully God he's, bless the taping schedule so good. we've got to see him here that handsome little devil that mm. he is as tall he's great he's I bloody love Carrillo some wicked moves he's awesome he does everything like so crisp like all of his moves are just like that um, 
that just uh, springboard arm drag that yeah. he does. Oh, the height that he gets. But it's beautiful. Like It's, it's just like... Yeah, it's, it is so... It's effortless. So I was getting images for my news earlier today in which I do a quick rundown of uh, what happened in NXT. And I got the image of that arm drag. And there's... Uh, it's, it's, they've got... They've, admittedly, they've got a very good shot of it from across the ring. Carrillo perfectly poised in the air like this. Gargano holding onto his arm, ready to be dragged. But Gargano's just looking at him like an angel. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible. He's a little bit though. He's a he's a a handsome little chap, and uh, he he's great. And I like that they built this match as well very smartly. In the right at the start, Nigel McGuinness said that Korea is a lot like Ricochet. Mm. So this is going to be a really good test for Johnny Gargano. And I was like, what a brilliant little simple story to tell. It explains why this match is happening. Mm. It explains like, why the character of Johnny Gargano would want this match. Mm. Because he wants to show that, hey, if this guy's like you, I can beat him. And yes, therefore, so. I can beat you as well and take your title. I thought it was a really, really smart match. And it's, it was kicked off brilliantly as well because Johnny Wrestling locks in an arm lock and just goes, Johnny Wrestling! <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, but the, the, I think the story, beyond that story of this match as well, that they told it well through the match that Johnny was struggling with this sort of innovative offense of someone like Korea, like uh, dealing with an actual high flyer. Yeah. He was really struggling to sort of get a foothold in this match but as soon as he did he turned it around yeah and that was the you know that was the key is that like Johnny is so good that when Johnny does start doing Johnny's stuff yeah you've got to watch out because he can put you away in about four moves and I think this match as well and I'd, I'd certainly compare this to the Ray Andrade match from Smackdown mm. it should have been the main event of this show Yes, definitely. I really think it should have been the main event of this show. But there was some really, really great stuff in here. So, yeah, uh, as you say, that like Korea was sort of running wild with Lucha things and this high springboard arm drag. It's so awesome. Uh, and he, he starts making a comeback and hits like a springboard back elbow, a missile drop kick, and this roll through moonsault. So incredibly athletic. But Gargano gets the boots up after the moonsault, hits a super kick in the lawn dart, slingshot DDT, and wins. And then he looks into the camera right after and he challenges Ricochet to show up next week. Mm. Great, great stuff. And they've announced uh, Willie Regal announced on. Big uh, Willie Riggs. Big Willie Riggs announced on Twitter that it will be Gargano versus Ricochet at uh, Phoenix, mm. which sounds like. An amazing match. Oh, yeah. Yes, please. Uh, backstage interview, with, or backstage promo, rather, with Tommaso Ciampa kissing his title. And he says that uh, Black keeps calling him the puppet's master. Well, you, Black, are the ultimate puppet. Mm. And he's been playing him however he wants. And he says, and I, I love this as well, because Alistair Black in his promo was like, I want to fight now. Like, I don't want to wait till Phoenix. You know, I want to have this fight now. Ciampa, with this absolutely amazing line, says like, yeah, we could fight now. But I'm going to wait until the main event of Phoenix because that's what a main event player does. Yes. Oh, so good. Yeah. Excellent little dig at Black as well, who as NXT champion never never main evented a takeover. Mm. <laughs> so, so good. Um, yeah, and he said, be careful what you wish for. Thought it was great. Oh, I love Champa. Love, love Champa. Also, big fan of the Velveteen Dream, who had a wicked little video package putting himself We've seen over. this one before, but it Have is, we? yeah, it's very good. Have we seen it before? I don't know. I've seen it before because of the 2018, <laughs> 2019, 2019. I love it. It's so funny. I, this is He's new to so me. He's so good. He is so, good. I think it was, I think it was on uh, NXT maybe last week or the week before. Or maybe in that, maybe in that big uh, just 
recap episode. It was in there somewhere. Oh, did I miss it when I was doing some skipping uh, around? Possibly, yeah. Could be. Um, making yeah, and he it, said, making a T. <laughs> probably. And he said, if you don't believe uh, how, the hype, you can ask Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, John Cena, or Triple H. He promises big things for 2019, and he'll be in action next week. 2018. 2019. 2019. And in our main event, it was the continuation of that Cassius Ono, Matt Riddle storyline where Ono took on limitless Keith Lee in a disappointingly boring match two big guys doing big guy things at each other yeah disappointing i thought it was good i just yeah i don't i just think it was a bit rope yeah it's a shame it's a, sh- a real shame um like power shown by lee early sort of teased the dive but ono got out of the way and then ono took over and sort of like but he took over with chin locks and rest holds and mm. wasn't anything particularly exciting uh, and then Lee made a comeback for a little bit. And then essentially, like at the end, Lee was making his big comeback and he hit the overhand chops and the pounce. And then Ono sort of grabs the ropes and pushes Lee into the referee. Low blow by Ono because the referee was distracted. Rolling elbow and he won. A, Cassius Ono got a win. Which doesn't happen very often. Uh, but another loss for Keith Lee, which they brought up on commentary because they said that Lee lost to Lars Sullivan. Two in a row now, yeah. uh, that's two in a row. They said, yeah, last time we saw Keith Lee was losing to Lars Sullivan, and he's losing again here. That's got to be playing on his mind. I really want to see Keith Lee in a like even competition against a smaller guy who's mm-hmm. really good. Like your Johnny Gargano's, your Umberto like Carrillo. Umberto, oh my God, I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like any, I think any one of that sort of build, I think you'll get a much better match out of it. I think this match. Because it wasn't really, also, it wasn't really about Keith Lee, sadly. Mm. It was just, you know, this was just part of the story of Matt Riddle going forward, which is kind of a shame. But, yeah, I would love to see an even match where someone is fighting from sort of underneath the power imbalance with Lee, and then Lee step, they step up doing all this crazy stuff. Lee steps up, starts doing all of his crazy stuff. That would be a much more interesting match. Here, it's just two big guys who are very athletic big guys and can do a lot of more impressive stuff that you know some guys their size cannot do Mm -hmm. just doing that at each other and actually that didn't really work here because it didn't feel like a game they could have pitched it as a game of one-upmanship almost here that you know like Cassius does something a bit freakish for his size Keith Lee does something a bit freakish for his size Cassius does boom 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 and you escalate 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 until you get to this point where it seems like Keith's about to win bumps the referee Cassius low blow rolling elbow and I think that, that that's that's kind of like sort of the, the problem with this match it wasn't because Ono's great Lee's amazing mm. it's just that the match was kind of pitched wrong yes. as you say it's it's very it was more or less like chin locks and, and rest holds and mm. I don't think that's the match because I know that Lee can have these sort of matches with these bigger guys the, the Tomohiro Ishii match and the two that he had with uh, Ishii at Ref Pro match mm. it shows that Keith Lee can have these sorts of matches with guys that are like his size like his stature but it, that's not what this match was. And as you say, it's not a great showing for Lee because he's not the focus of this. Mm. He is a cog in the Riddle Ono machine. Yes. He the, is just a small part of this. The placeholder Matt Riddle feud until Matt Riddle goes into the main title pitch. Exactly. You've got to imagine. And also, like, Ono needed to win here because mm. you need to put over Ono in order for Riddle to beat him at TakeOver. Yeah. So you, if Lee won here, then what's the point of having I the think, match? Do you know what? I think they should have just done a disqualification finish. They should have just gone, Cassius just goes too far, gets DQ'd. Lee then gets a win, and it's not like a, mm-hmm. a straight line. Even, even though, obviously, Ono cheated, so Lee's pretty protected here. I, w- I just think you could have gone further and just gone, you know what, Ono just gets himself 
like DQ. Yeah. Then Riddle runs down trying to stop break it all up, and you can have the exact same story play out. And it's just a little bit less damaging to Lee. I would agree, yeah, because after the match... he looks a bit like a sucker as well, because he was winning until yeah, that. Like no. he, was, he was on top until the point where they bumped the referee. He went, walked over, stood quite far away, yeah. and sort oh, of poured... Ref, he are was you like, fine, He mate? sort of poured his back, like, get up, man. Come on, man. And, it's, then, it's right. and then, like, perfectly, so Ono could bring his arm through. But yeah, yeah it just felt a bit like, oh, you dope. It was, a, it was a bit of a lacklustre finish and after the match Matt Riddle runs down uh, the referees are trying to stop him but he just sort of powers through mm. them and he's not medically cleared and he on gets the speed the of his flip flop <laughs> he gets down <laughs> to the ring and, uh, and he chases Ono off and that was where the show ended so yeah I mean I think there was some really good stuff on the show the Bianca Belair promo I thought was great mm-hmm. Gargano versus Carrillo was awesome I wasn't massively sold on the main events um, love the Street Profits, Profits not- were, their match was good Yes, As in they, they were just—they made it very enjoyable to watch them because beat they down are some guys. amazing. Yes, yeah. uh, but unfortunately, the Forgotten Sons are not a great feud for mm, them. Yes, a so, bit of a dead end. Yeah, a bit of a dead end. Um, and Dijakovic is always fun, I guess. So that's all we've got time for on this show. Unless you have any final thoughts for NXT? Mm, no. So I've got this email in here from Pete. Uh, said, howdy, whichever combination of gents it is today, but not hi to Randy. As someone who has played Pokemon since they were about five, obsessed over it and has a tattoo related to it, hearing Ollie discuss his adventures of Let's Go Pikachu was great. And he seemed interested in the theory that Cubone and Kangaskhan... Kangaskhan, yeah. Yep. Um, so as WrestleTalks... And this is where I thought it would be interesting. Because Pete is one of our website writers. Yes. But I think he's written something here that you may dispute. So, as WrestleTalk's resident Poké nerd, oh. here's some stuff he and or Laurie might enjoy. Go on then. <laughs> That's why I thought I would save this. We're quite cross like, now. I'm, yeah, like, I'm fumes. Try, try and impress me. <laughs> yeah, go on then. Uh, the legendary Pokémon Mewtwo is said to be, have been cloned using DNA from Mew, but there were some failed attempts before Mewtwo was born. Do you know any of this? It was a nod of the head for, mm-hmm. for yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. on an audio format. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, there's a theory that suggests Ditto is a failed Mewtwo clone, since only Ditto and Mew can learn transform by regular methods, but are both of the same color, brackets pink, and they are shiny colors too. Uh, their shiny colors are the same too, mm. brackets blue. I've heard that one before. Okay. Um, I've watched a lot of Did You Know Gaming, so... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cleferbell? Yep. Is that what I was That's say, uh, right? the unevolved form of... Uh, oh, no, is that Clefer? Clefable. Yeah, Clefable, Clefable is the evolved sorry, yeah. form of Clefairy. Okay. Clefable and Gengar are said to be two halves of the same Pokemon, each representing light and dark, respectively. They have uh, very similar silhouettes. That's okay. why people believe that. Pikachu wasn't originally supposed to be the mascot of the franchise and Ash's partner in the Pokemon anime, Jigglypuff, was. Mm-hmm. Detective Jigglypuff. Yeah. <laughs> What a film that would have been. (laughs) (laughs) Puff! And tune in next time for your next dose of useless Pokemon facts and theories, which are mediocre at best. Uh, Lots of love. That's from Pete, a.k.a. the best website writer we have. Um, Do you have any uh, other Pokemon? What's your favorite bit of Pokemon trivia that you can give us? My favorite bit of Pokemon. I'm going to save that, Pete, because I'm going to tell that to Ollie when we go back to the studio because he doesn't listen to this. Oh, what's Pokemon trivia in my soul? I felt, well, Cubone and Kangaskhan was my favorite one, I think, because it was 
One of my favorite uh, theories about Pokemon, and one that people obviously obsessed over in the games, was the. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this or if you've played the games. I've not played a Pokemon. So game, there is a bit. There's a bit in one of the cities where you go on a ship called the SS Anne, and Mew originally. It was outside the original 150 Pokemon in the game. Was given away as part of like special giveaways where you would take your Game Boy in, hook it up, and they would give you Mew downloaded to your game. People believed that you could get Mew in the game naturally. It was just hidden somewhere. Mm. And people obsessed over this. uh, And they became incredibly obsessed with this one particular truck, which was on the dock outside of the SS Anne, where you you, you take the SS Anne to another city in the game. Um, Because... Most of the assets in Pokemon games repeat themselves as as they do in many games. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a quick way to develop games safe space. essentially in a safe space. You just reuse assets. The clouds and the bushes in Super Mario are the just, same drawing. Exactly, just color swapped. Um, this truck was bespoke, but Ooh. did nothing. <laughs> so everyone everyone was obsessed with the idea that Mew was beneath the truck because why would you draw the truck? Yeah, a different truck. A different truck. Why would you not just be like, oh, it's a bench. We already have uh, graphics for benches. We already have graphics for like small trees and bushes. Yeah. Put some of those there. No, this truck was there. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just believe, belligerently believed that Mew was under the truck. Yeah. I love it. I love how gamers just fill, like, fill stuff in like that. That is wonderful. Uh, we've got this email here from Shivam Sharma. He gets in touch quite a lot. Thank you very much, Shivam. Uh, he says, hi, Luke, Lolly, and Laurie. As Luke is vegan, I'm not, I'm vegetarian. I wanted to ask him whether or not he tried uh, Indian vegetarian foods or not. I'm a vegetarian as well, and like most people in India are vegetarians, that's why there's a ton of vegetarian options. I would recommend you eat paneer tikka, mm. which I think you will like because everyone loves paneer and it's very healthy for you. 100 grams of paneer has 22 grams of protein and it has zero carbs and it tastes awesome. I M O. Thank you very much. I have eaten paneer actually since I went to switch to being a vegetarian. Mm. I had to find because chicken dansak was my curry of choice, mm. so I had to find a new version of that. So I actually went with tikka paneer, um, and because my wife orders a um, uh, ah no, it's forgotten. That's good. That's just the rice dish. Um, a biryani. Biryani. Thank you very much. And you began with bin. I kept thinking Bolton. I knew it wasn't that. Uh, biryani. She mm. gets the vegetable curry sauce with it. So I then just take the vegetable curry sauce because I like a saucy curry. So I like paneer. I'm not... It's often... I think it's a, a bit sarg much. paneer. Very nice. Yeah. A spinachy one. I like that. That's I might switch to that. Um, but paneer, I like it sometimes. Don't like it all the time. I feel like whenever I have curry, I always end up eating like lamb. Just because I don't eat lamb in the rest of like <laughs> yeah. day to day, I don't eat lamb. So like whenever I'm getting curry and it's an option, I'm like, oh, Ooh, lamb. How novel. How novel. How novel. Uh, this is a great email here from Roberts. Uh, Dear Luke and Laurie, brackets or slash possibly Ollie, but definitely not Randy. After listening to the previous NXT review, I had to look up several things that you were talking about in the show because it piqued my interest. Here is the list that I was able to come, come up with and forgive me if I spell them wrong. So this is off the back of you and I having that what a top 10 intro conversation about trips into work <laughs> and uh, office etiquette. what is Costa <laughs> so he said cheese toasty it's a grilled cheese sandwich mm-hmm. so essentially he's Americanizing the British things that we were talking about ah, uh, for any of our American listeners and this is the, this is his research so it's funny because he's done American research but unfortunately we don't know if what he's saying is correct because I don't know what the thing he might be talking about mm. is grilled cheese sandwich I know grilled what cheese, that is yeah, yeah grilled yeah. cheese sandwich basically a cheese toasty yes uh, bourbon biscuits he suggests is a chocolate cookie sandwich with chocolate in the middle between them they sound really good they sure look good it's an yeah so it, I would say cookies cookie sounds too like 
I wouldn't say cookie though. They don't really. Yeah but, yeah, but they don't have. Yeah, but they don't call them biscuits because biscuits is a different thing. Yeah. So the yeah, cookie, cookie's correct. Like it's, it's like an Oreo, uh, but the chocolate powder used is lighter. So yeah. it's not actually like as uh, dark chocolate. And then the middle cream is also chocolate. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice biscuits. A coconut flavored cookie that is square with sugar on top. Do you know what? I don't even know what the flavour of nice I biscuits is. I don't eat them because they're crap. Yeah, yeah they're rubbish, <laughs> rubbish. So no one has it. Might be coconut. <laughs> but I, be, the, thing is, the thing is, I like coconut. So I, and I hate nice biscuits. I'm one of the few people that likes yeah. when the selection box gets down to just the bounties. Because oh, I quite like a bounty. You monster. <laughs> I like Ugh. a bounty. Ugh. Plain digestives. Uh, a wholemeal cookie that is supposed to fill you up throughout the day. For us in the States, it's almost like something akin to a Belvita breakfast bar. Yes, yep, it is very similar to a Belvita breakfast bar. Custard cream. It seems like it's the vanilla version of a bourbon biscuit. Nailed it. Yeah. Absolutely nailed it. That's exactly what it is. Mm. And a jammy dodger. A shortbread cookie sandwich with strawberry jam as the filling, usually with a heart cut out of the top cookie. Mm. Yeah. Custard cream right. could also be described as the albino bourbon biscuit. <laughs> I really appreciate the podcast every week because I drive a lot for work and your podcasts really keep me entertained on my drives. Over Christmas, I really enjoyed the super episode of Big Apple Takedown as it kept me going for three days. Anyway, love the content you guys put out. Keep up the very consistent work. Thanks, Robert. Well, thank you for your Thanks, email, Rob. Robert. Um, if you enjoyed the Big Apple Takedown, we're going to be relaunching our Patreon today. And from now on, $10 backers will get the Ramble Club, which is essentially just chatting about nonsense and reading Big Apple Takedown. But with three of us. Whoa. Uh, you and I did the test episode for it last mm-hmm. week, and it was good fun. It was fun, yeah. And essentially, it's a lot more reading a Big Apple Takedown and a lot more making fun of it. And booze. And booze, indeed. Uh, I did have another email that I was pretty well sure was waiting for. Where is it? I'm sure I had an email that was like specifically for NXT. It was an NXT joke. Aha, here we go. It's because it was a joke sent in to us that were D&D based. Um, so this comes in from the... So very cos- tangentially NXT related. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's the only show where <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about D&D. Uh, this one comes in from the Cosmic Anvil. Dear Luke and Laurie, I hope you enjoy these D&D jokes. How do you get a D&D player to go, on a, go out on a date with you? I don't know. You just ask them for a D8. It's pretty good. That is good. Why did the necromancer hate the pyromancer? I don't know. Because he raised the dead. I hope you got a laugh out of them. I certainly did the first one. The second one was a bit weaker, but the first one was very, very good. Um, I think we may have to draw it to a close there, which is a shame, because we did actually have a lot to talk about in terms Mm. of uh, D&D, because we are back... In the world. We're back in the game. We are back in the game, starting our second uh, fish campaign after our mm. side quest in the Fey Wilds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was our second um, second stab at it on it was, Monday. Yeah. Now doing it in a public place. I know, yeah. Which is hampering. Cause some people were asking us about the, the recordings we were going to do, because we were going to do it as like a, a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're in a public place that's a lot harder. Yes. Because they, they are half-orc... Her house, we used to do it with. He's moving and his wife is pregnant, mm-hmm. so we just felt a bit bad about constantly going yes, to yes, their absolutely. house, staying there, and just being generally awkward. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're doing it in a public place now, which makes recording it slightly difficult. However, we might be looking. I guess uh, yeah. I think the kind of plan at the moment that I'm chatting with the DM about uh, is to do some sort of one shot campaign where we probably write new characters, yeah, and start from there and do that. Which would be good fun. Uh, yeah, because I think actually if we were going to record what we already do beyond talking about it on this, it's quite hard to keep up with because there's yeah. a lot of 
back referencing. There's in-jokes and things like Well, a lot of stuff has happened, I think, is the other problem. Oh, oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. If you were wondering, like, what happened when we got out of the Feywild, I'm just going to give you this. 20 years later that, that's all I'm going to say dun, dun, dun. they all thought we were dead we're mm. like hailed as heroes except cr- me I was there the whole time <laughs> poor old he's you he's very cross <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job it turns out you're a half elf I know and they all can live for many there many years there were secrets so many secrets uh, so we'll try and talk about that next week because we'll have had our third session because we're playing again on Monday hey, you know you might get a chance to chat to me and find out what actually happened because we haven't got we haven't really had the time so far no we? I haven't no, it's we've a, immediately gone straight on a mission exactly we've gone imperative. into a ghost town mm. which is inhabited by spirits that are apparently are now trying to attack us and we're mm. sort of trapped a little bit but yeah. we yeah as, as long as we can get into the we'll sewers work we'll yeah. work it out but if we get into the sewers we'll fight zombies well, I don't think so. You're I think okay. I th- well, I think the sewers has been set up as the place to go. Yeah, uh, I like the, the best. My favourite bit of the last session of D anD D that we had was we uh, were a very belligerent party <laughs> and were quite rude. Um, and we met a guy called Captain Bernard, uh, who's no longer a captain, but he had been the captain of the town's guard in this city that we went back to, which was the town from the first campaign that had been razed to the ground by. Uh, the Order of the Crimson Star, who are sort of a, a, a holy militia who... Don't uh, like magic. They cleanse towns if uh, magic users are found within them. And we had, and used, we had used quite a lot of magic, magic, and then we there. ran out of the town, leaving it to get raised. We've now returned. <laughs> it is a ghost town. Bernard has lived there the entire time, has turned mildly undead from the, yeah, from the looks of it. He's like half undead, because your alarm yeah. bells were... Met. Your spidey yeah, sense was yeah, well going Yeah, my spidey off. sense was going off. Um, so he's... He, yeah, he's half undead or something, and he, when he met us, was quite cross. Oh, he was that super we were annoyed. Back. He was like, "You killed this town, <laughs> blah blah blah," and I immediately turned it round to be like, "We're all to blame, Bernard. You were the ta- you were the guard. Of, you know, captain you let the, them in. You were the captain of the guards. You let the Crimson Order in. You were letting the Reeve be corrupt. You could have done anything at any time to stop this happening. We wouldn't have had to go so far in our attempts to save the town, accidentally getting it entirely killed, if you had been better at your job." <laughs> to which the DM was just like, "I just wasn't expecting to lose the moral high ground." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that is all we've got time for on this episode thank you so much for listening Ollie and I will be back on Saturday for the magazine show version of this where I don't know what we're going to be talking about actually we haven't decided I need to kind of like draw up a document for it but we'll find out if you are one of our pledge hammers you may also have access to our review of Royal Rumble 2000 but that's I can't guarantee that at the moment because Ollie hasn't watched it yet Uh, but we're going to try and record that tomorrow and if we can then I might be able to launch it tomorrow but that is all we've got time for take care I love you goodbye bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack. 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.